You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thanks for listening to another episode of Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode eight. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. And, um, you know, um, I've probably mentioned in the last podcast that I was sick for a little while, and so, you know, again, some of the topics that we're going to cover, you know, are dated by a couple of days, but are still relevant, so we're going to go ahead and um, talk about a few things that have happened recently. Um, One, well, the first topic was whether or not Ben Affleck was going to be directing his own Batman solo film. Our second topic is going to be Blizzard and whether or not they're considering a uh, special pass uh, for moviegoers that will give people the entire game. And um, for our main topic, we're going to talk about Blizzard's legal action against Nostalrius. Um, So we will go ahead and start. Um, Now, initially, uh, there was... A article in uh, ScreenRant.com where it was basically speculating as to whether or not Ben Affleck was going to be doing um, or directing um, a Batman solo film. And I think that initially it was up in the air as to whether or not he was going to just because he kind of does like one project at a time or so that's what was said about him. Um, And so, you know, initially it was kind of like, is he or isn't he? Is he or isn't he? Well... While we were sitting on this topic, uh, it turns out, and I actually found this out um, through Nerdist, that uh, they confirmed that Ben Affleck has committed to directing the Batman solo film, which I'm pretty excited for. I think it'll be good. He yeah. directs well. Yeah, I mean, you know, just one or two examples is, you know, you have Argo. And you have the town, you know, both were uh, very good movies. You know, both movies, you know, he, you know, directed and, you know, acted in them. And so I think with both of those movies um, as examples of his abilities to direct and act in the movies that um, he's directing in, I think, uh, you know, those are perfect examples of why. A Batman solo film is going to be good. Now I know most people are going to say, "Okay, Ben Affleck wasn't that great of a Batman." Um, obviously, there's haters out there that just don't like him just because I don't know they hate his face, you know, <laughs> uh, just don't like him in general. They remember him from his older movies and they think that he's juvenile and retarded. I don't know. Um, you know, just not everybody's going to like everything, and everybody's going to have a problem with something. <clears throat> and I think that uh, in the end, I think that. Ben Affleck as Batman in Batman vs. Superman, he was really good. I think even surprisingly good to some people that expected him to suck but went in it with an open mind. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. The, yeah, there were a lot of people, I think, that expected him to, to fail. I mean, um, you know, Christian Bale, I liked him as, as Batman a lot. Um, you know, the whole Bat voice, though, got a little weird there at the end. It, always changing like rah, 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 rah. it like, was you know, really raspy um that that was a little odd but um i mean a lot of you know overall a lot of people liked him and then to find out that you know ben affleck was basically taking his place was kind of like eh, 
could, you know, they're t- they're two different types of actors to me. I mean, like they aren't. Well, they aren't. Christian the same. Bale's like a method actor. Like he really gets involved in his role. Well, right. That that's what I'm saying. Like he, to me, he he's the more serious actor. Well, I don't want to say serious, but he is. Well, serious. no, he is very serious. Remember so. when he was um, he was doing Terminator Salvation? There was uh, like an audio file that had come out where like some people on staff had recorded him like berating like some guy who was doing lighting who was like i don't know getting an eyesight of christian bale when he was doing like this serious portion of the role and like he flipped the fuck out and like just started cussing him out and ranting and stuff yeah and so he's kind of a dick but... <laughs> yeah but he's good though i can't remember yeah, a movie is. that he's been in where he was terrible like he's always done like extremely well so yeah you know they're night and day I think as far and even the types of movies that they're in, like, yeah, you think of like Christian Bale in a comedy. I can't remember one. No, they're always like dramas or really weird or like he's like a drug addict or yeah, like super serious. Like, so then you have Ben Affleck coming to movies like he's done. You know, movies as uh, fantastic as Geely. You know, he's done a lot of uh, Kevin Smith uh, movies, but I mean, he's got some good ones, you know, Goodwill Hunting, The Town, Argo, I mean, he's definitely done good in the later years um, of his career, so, um, like I said, he's a good Batman, he's a good director, you know, I'm uh, really excited that he's going to be, you know, taking the director's chair um, for the movie. Um, so, is he... Is he taking the place of the guy that did this one, or is he, like, helping? Well, I don't necessarily think that he's, like, taking the place of anyone. I don't think there was anybody that was actually slated to do a Batman solo film. It was just a matter of whether or not he was going to, whether or not he wanted to, because he already had the director that did Batman vs. Superman, and obviously there was, you know, a, I think it was, like, is it Zack Snyder that did the um, other Batman films? So I don't think that like anybody was slated specifically. I think it was just whether or not he actually was going to take it, just because of his, you know, like schedule and stuff. Because you have to remember, you know, Justice League is coming out. Justice League is November seventeenth. You know, you have, um, you know, Batman or Superman, which just came out a couple weeks ago, and then, uh, you know, Justice League two is going to be coming out June fourteenth, twenty nineteen. Um, you know, and then there's a bunch of movies in between, and then I even, uh, you know, saw in a couple of articles that, um, you know, Ben Affleck's version of Batman actually makes, uh, a couple of cameos in the Suicide Squad, which is being released August 5th, 2016, so, um, you know, there's just a bunch of movies that are slated for DC, uh, you know, Batman's, a Batman solo film wasn't one of them, uh, you know, I think obviously they're gonna fit it in between, you know, some of these other movies that are planned, you know, much like the Marvel Universe did uh, with um, their new version of Spider-Man, what they did with Ant-Man, you know, and then what they did with Wasp. So I think that um, DC is obviously going to accommodate Batman. It's it's Batman. Of course, he's going to accommodate it. Um, you know, but they do have a full slate. Um, you know, there's Suicide Squad, like I mentioned, August 5th, 2016. You have Wonder Woman, June 23rd, 2017. Again, you have Justice League, November 17th, 2017. Flash, March 16th, 2018. Aquaman, July 27th, 2018. Uh, Shazam is April 5th, 2019. Then you have Justice League 2, you know, June 14th, 2019. Then followed by Cyborg, which is going to be April 3rd, 2020. And then they're even giving another whack at the Green Lantern Corps, June 19th, 2020. And I don't think anybody's expecting Ryan Reynolds to be a part of that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
So, Not with all the shade he threw at that. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. It, and Deadpool, so. So, um, <clears throat> with that said, uh, you know, me and Amanda were taking a look at uh, the DC, you know, list, and it just seemed like the best or most obvious point where they're going to have a Batman solo film that's going to kind of fit nicely is probably somewhere between, I'm thinking of Aquaman, you know, somewhere between either Flash and Aquaman or Aquaman and Shazam. And the reason is, is because, you know, Flash is happening at the end of November, uh, at the end of 2017 to November. And then, uh, wait, did I say that right? Nope, I said no. that wrong. Flash is taking place at the beginning of uh, March 2018. Then you have Aquaman that comes in July 2018 and then you have Shazam which doesn't take place until April of 2019 so I think there's a big gap there where it just seems like Batman is um, more than likely going to fit between Aquaman and Shazam I think for those holiday dollars yeah obviously yeah for the holiday money too because it's far enough away from Justice League 2 in order for him not to have like too many different uh you know, workloads to be kind of overlapping one another. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's cool that he signed on for that. I think he's going to be... Uh, well, I think he's going to do right by the franchise, obviously. I mean, I, he wants it to be uh, successful just like anybody would want it to be. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he's already shown that he's a good Batman. I think some people that kind of went into it with an open mind, you know, already, you know, acknowledged that he did well. So... Um, I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to do good as the director of Batman. So now we just need to figure out when exactly this uh, release date's going to be so that we could check out this movie and, uh, you know, hope for the best. Um, you know, and with that, um, we'll kind of uh, segue on over to uh, our second topic, which is um, Blizzard... And whether or not they're considering giving WoW to all moviegoers. And um, I saw this online at PCGamesIn.com. And, you know, the thing was, is I think I've actually seen this before um, at another website. I just used this one for reference since this is where I saw it recently. Um, but I've actually been seeing, uh, like, speculation as to whether or not Blizzard was going to be giving the whole game to, like, moviegoers. Obviously not as, like, a $15 ticket that, you know, you're just going to go see, like, this not matinee. Um, it's supposed to be some sort of, like, an ultimate movie edition package where if you go see the movie, and I'm assuming that it's going to be, like, at a premium price, you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of $40 plus, that not only are you going to get to get, um, you know, to go see the movie, the live-action movie, but, you know, it's also going to come with all the expansions, you know, obviously vanilla being the core game. You know, Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lynch King, Cataclysm, Mist of Pandaria, and then Warlord of the Draenor. And that it would also include one month of free game time and an exclusive in-game item, although it doesn't say specifically what that is. Most people would probably want a mount. Maybe even like a really a sweet pet. You know, obviously pet, pet, pet. for those pet battles. Or mount. So, um, you know, so... I mean, whether or not this is true or whether or not it's a hoax you know, remains to be seen. I don't think that Blizzard has actually acknowledged that they're doing anything of the sort. Um, I mean, what do you think in terms of, like, realisticness? Like, what, what if anything, Blizzard might do? 
I think the wording is misleading because it says all <clears throat> moviegoers. Well, I think all moviegoers that are going to go see WoW, not just all moviegoers well, in no, general. Well, I don't mean in general, but I mean like all the WoW movie people. If if they're going to do that, then that would imply that it's for the $8 ticket. Sorry, chest itch. Um, that, would, that would imply that it's for the $8 ticket price that you would go see a movie at. I think it would be... I don't know, maybe if they sell it as a package. I still, I don't know, I still don't think so, honestly. It seems a, a bit much for them to try and get people to go see the movie, to throw all this stuff at them. I could see maybe, like, an in-game item, like, hey, if you bought it, you know, buy this ticket, we'll give you a mount, or we'll, you know, we'll give you something, but I don't see all the games... You know, or all the expansions and a free month of game time and an in-game item. To me, it's just Yeah, I mean, I guess lot. that's a lot. You know, but, you know, there's some people that sometimes, you know, they're too broke to afford, you know, um, World of Warcraft. And sometimes they're able to petition, um, you know, a GM. And they might be given, like, a small amount of free time in order to play. Or even, you know, they're allowed to play World of Warcraft, you know, up to level 20. Which, you know, gives them a certain amount of time to play. So, you know, there are those things where it's not unprecedented. And I think, a, you know, a free month of game time seems like a bit much. You know, where obviously, you know, they can kind of, you know, just level up and not have any restrictions. That does seem uh, a little bigger than what they're used to doing. I mean, I don't think it's completely out of... Uh, out of what Blizzard does, because typically, you know, when whenever uh, the holiday season comes around and they have an expansion coming out, they always offer all of their games, including the newest, you know, the you know the most recent expansion. They'll usually like include it for like fifty percent off. And you buy all the games for like twenty or thirty bucks. It's just something that they always do because you know when their new expansions coming out, obviously the game is going to be new for sixty bucks, and so you got to have all the other. Um, you know, content in order to upload the game. So, you know, they usually lower it to like 20 or $30. That way, if you are coming into the game new, you know, you're not spending over 100 bucks to like get into it. So, you know, I think something like that isn't out of the ordinary. Um, I think if they were to make something like that work, that it would probably be like a partnership with like a specific um, theater, you know? I mean, which one they would choose, who knows? I mean, obviously... Like an ultra huge, you know, movie place that's got far reach everywhere, so that, you know, if you say purchase this ticket, like do it, you know, you know, online from, you know, this specific movie theater, well, then, or or you know, or they could partner with Fandango, so I mean, it could serve different movie theaters, but or you know, I mean, I think it would probably have to be something where. You know, maybe they partner with the movie company that's willing to accept, like, some sort of code that, you know, you'd be able to, like, enter, like, into a place like Fandango and be able to use it for a specific movie theater. That way, when you're buying it through Blizzard, you know, the ticket is getting attached to your Battle.net account. That way, if there is any in-game exclusives or game time, that it's going to get attached to your ticket purchase and your individual Battle.net account. Because it wouldn't make sense, like... A different way. I mean, I guess you could just purchase a ticket from the movie theater and then they can give you some sort of code that you can then redeem at Blizzard 
if you so choose to, which will give you the in-game item and the time or whatever. I guess it could work a couple of different ways, and maybe we're just overthinking it, but I think in general, I think it's a possibility. I mean, it would be nice to know what Blizzard plans on doing, um, or if this is even true, or this is just something that people hope for. Um, you know, the movie's coming coming up here in the next couple of months, so um, obviously, I mean, me and Amanda don't give two craps about this offer just because we already have the game you know, I mean, about the only thing that would, you know, compel us to want to buy or even spend the extra money on top of purchasing the regular ticket is if the in-game item was, like, something, like, super fucking tight. Mount. Like, like if it was a badass mount, I could totally see spending, like, 35 or 40 bucks or whatever to get it because, one, the ticket's probably going to cost, like, you know, 15, you know, 15 or so dollars depending on where you're going. So then if it does come with one month of free playtime, that's another 15 bucks right there. So there's already 30, and then if it's a mount, well, typically, you know, if they're selling mounts on their website, the mounts usually run like 25 bucks, unless they're on some sort of sale, you know, in which case they might be like 12, 13. So, you know, it ends up paying for itself just on the exclusives that it might have that would make you want to buy it. Obviously, you know, we don't care about the expansions and crap like that because, like, I already have two accounts. I think Amanda has two accounts, but she only uses one, so it's like... You know, there's that. So, it's cool if they do. Um, you know, obviously it won't matter if they don't. Um, you know, but would love to see some sort of super sweet mount that would compel us to get it. You know, hopefully something uh, with uh, two seats so you can do some buddy questing. I mean, we each already have a two-seated mount anyways, but not to brag or anything. <laughs> brag, brag, brag. Yeah. So, um, real quick before we get to the main topic... Um, just thought we'd mention this, but uh, Doom is having an open beta with no codes needed April 15th through the 17th, which obviously starts tomorrow. Um, and I would go to their Facebook page for any additional information as far as like being directed on like what specific website you need to go to. Um, but uh, I would definitely check it out. I mean, I think that Doom was a freaking awesome, badass game, you know, for its time, you know, like 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, when I was too poor to have my own PC and was playing, you know, uh, Doom on other people's PCs, and even eventually when they had Doom on like it's like Sega 32X or some shit, I was playing it. So excited to see what they've done with it. Obviously, it's going to be super gory and badass, like a like a real saintly Duke Nukem or some shit. It's gonna be it's gonna be fucking cool. So, if you're curious to what they're, uh, what the game's gonna be like, go check it out. Open beta. Starts tomorrow. Runs until the 17th. Um, now on to our main topic. Uh, this one is about Blizzard taking legal action against VanillaWoww's biggest private server. Um, this story is from PC Gamer, and, uh... They were taking legal action against Nostalrius, which is pretty much the most popular Vanilla WoW server um, that doesn't charge. Um, you know, I'm not going to act like I don't have any bias. Um, I do have characters, well, had characters that are were on Nostalrius. Um, day before yesterday, they finally shuttered the servers. Um, you know, people kind of protested within the game and basically, like lunged themselves to their deaths over a cliff, you know, in protest. Um, you know, I think that 
it's you know, I don't really have the words. I mean, it. The thing is, is that I don't really feel like this is cutting into Blizzard's bottom line. I mean, I understand it's like against, it's against their like terms of service on, you know, whether or not Blizzard's like allowing people to, you know, run different versions of their game. But the thing is, is the people that love vanilla. Don't want to play current WoW. They at this point, um, current WoW is basically a completely different game. You know, the reason that people like to play Vanilla WoW is because, obviously, there's some nostalgia there from, like, a better time. I think when maybe the community was a little better, when, you know, the community was able to come together and form a 40-man raid. You didn't have a bunch of people that had ADD that, like, you know, if you wiped <laughs> twice, you know, had to leave with a rage quit. You know, you had, like, legitimate progression that took hours and hours, and, you know, you could actually keep these people together in order you know, to collectively come together to defeat these bosses. Obviously, there was a lot more moving parts, you know, dealing with 40 people as opposed to, like, the eventual 25 and so on. You know, I just, uh, it was really neat, you know. I remember playing AQ40 and, you know, MC and, uh, you know, it's just, it was fun. Like, I, I was a Holy Paladin in, um, in Vanilla and, like, even through, uh, you know, BC rating and... Um, you know, I had a really, I had a really good time. I mean, it was neat back then when only Alliance had Paladins, you know, and only Horde had Shamans, and, uh, you know, that each, you know, certain, uh, certain races or certain classes had, like, special abilities that nobody else had, you know? I mean, back then, you had Dwarf Priests, that they were the only one that had any sort of, um, you know, they had the Fear Ward, um, you know, shamans had their version of Fear War where you can drop a totem that pulsed, that could potentially keep people from getting feared, but because of the pulse, you know, sometimes people could get feared anyways. Um, you know, obviously the Fear Ward had a cooldown. You know, back then, paladins had the ability to basically sacrifice themselves and, you know, put an invulnerable protective bubble over, you know, over a raid to keep the entire raid from wiping, uh, you know, and you'd be able to click it off and, or, you know, wait till it ran out. Um, you know, warriors were able to, you know, activate their shield block, like, every few seconds. I mean, they didn't hit so hard in, in prot, you know, the way they do now with where shield slam does, like, 80k damage or whatever the fuck it does now. I mean, it's crazy, right? Like, yeah. people just come, shield slam, fucking dead. Huh? Um, you know, so, I mean, they probably nerfed it a little bit, but it's still, like, a pretty op thing, you know, with all the, you know, as a prot warrior, or, like, you know, most tanks, you know, that were our prot you know it's like instead of you know maybe just increasing the amount of threat that their abilities do it seems like blizzard just like up their damage you know so you have a lot of these a-holes these days that are like you know <laughs> always posting like you know dps meters like oh i'm the tank way am i in the top spot it's like let's see because like every single attack you do is fucking multi-target damage and you have a bunch of buffs you know it's like you know, I mean, most people roll like a warlock or mage or all these other characters that have AOE DPS because obviously they want to have fun playing DPS. But at the same time, you know, like if you were just to like you know spam Blizzard or something like that, you're probably not going to do as much damage as a warrior that's like sitting there doing like thunderclap like every couple of seconds. No. And it's just stupid that that's that's the kind of thing that that happens. You know, and somebody might disagree with me, but we'll agree to disagree. You know that that's that's the kind of thing that's 
that's going on. You know, and a lot of people that's when say, people yell, "Learn to play your class," but really, it's no, it's it's not right even anymore. Not even a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, and the thing is too is it's a lot. I mean, I mean, in general, like you can pretty much walk into WoW now, not know how to really do anything, and basically just roll your face across the keyboard, <laughs> and you know, pass it off as you know a good rotation. You know, that, that applies for most characters these days. Whereas in Vanilla WoW, I mean, when you started playing Vanilla WoW, like, you really had to know how to play your class. You really had to know the ins and outs of your class. There were, you know, some skills that you may or may not have used because you didn't feel they were needed. But, you know, somebody might have found something useful that kind of, like, adapted to their type of play. And, you know, you couldn't just kind of run off and, you know, just solo from zero, you know, all the way to 60, like, all by yourself, doing all the quests alone, doing... You know, doing all this kind of shit alone, it was really hard. I mean, you really had to be on your game, really be geared, or, you know, have a good buddy who was willing to, you know, do quests with you. You couldn't pull ten mobs and fucking burn them all down. Not if you weren't, like, a holy paladin with, like, decent gear to be able to, like, spam consecrate and, like, heal the shit out of yourself. You know, which ended up coming later, you know, like, as far as, you know, like, your ability and, uh, you know, gear stuff, but... Um, you know, you just really couldn't do those kind of things, and it actually, in some ways, with its difficulty, encouraged people to be more tight-knit, you know, encouraged you to, you know, randomly group up with players that you don't necessarily know that are in your, that your level range, and, you know, made you want to go quest with other individuals, whereas now, you know, you hit instant queue, you get in a group, you may not say, you, you don't have to say like two words to anybody in the group. The only time you might hear something is when they're talking about how your DPS is shit. You know, um or how well they're doing. Yeah, how well they're doing with their DPS meters or you know the fact that a healer that has to actually stand still to heal can't keep up with the tank who's trying to pull the entire fucking dungeon in one pull. You know, so I mean those are always kind of things and you know, that, that you see these days, and I'm not saying that there wasn't any sort of elitism back then, obviously it was probably even harder to get into, like, an endgame, an endgame raid, because, you know, they, they didn't have to rely on, like, gear score or whatever, like, you, they did tryouts, and you might get in the guild, but then, like, if you didn't fit, or you sucked, you just got kicked, so, I mean, I understand there was, you know, elite, elitism even in vanilla, but, like I said, I just think the community in general was better, uh, Amanda and I, you know, um, I was in a guild called the Ravens on Mugthol, um, and they were one of the um, original, larger, you know, raiding guilds on the server. And I had a really good time playing with those guys. And uh, you know, eventually, you know, we even ended up in another guild where I was actually like, I, my raiding guild was my large raiding guild was the Ravens, but we joined another guild because it was people that we had met online and played with that were like totally cool people. Um, you know, they're, they live in Canada, but they were fucking cool. And so we ended up joining a guild called Dillygaff that was on Mugthol. And those were some of the coolest people that we'd met in the game. I mean, we still are friends with them, like, on Facebook and talk to them every now and then. But, you know, those were some good times. I mean, like, you know, the raids that we did and all the crap that we talked and all the fun that we had <laughs> and all the, you know, world PvP that we did, you know, fighting, uh... Horde, we were Alliance, what's up? You know, so it's just, it, it was a lot of fun. And, um, that you know. That was like the best, the best wow time, I think. Yeah. Being in that guild. I, I would say our best really, days are past us at this point. I haven't really found happens. anything to, to match that. Not like that, right? No. And so it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, people have a longing to kind of experience the way 
WoW used to be. It's kind of transformed into, you know, it's attracted, like, all of these, like, Call of Duty-type players that just like to talk shit and troll and, you know, speak poorly about people and, like, their lack of skill and, you know, I, you know, it's just, uh, it's just disappointing. There's been, like, a slow degradation of what made the game great. And so, um, you know, with Blizzard basically stepping in and, you know, Nostal Rays haven't been around for a little while now, um, you know, and now that they're, like, you know, the biggest uh, private server, it's just kind of like, you know, why of all times is it now that they're deciding to, like, shut it? I mean, there's really no reason other than, obviously, it's against Terms of Service and it's their property, so they get to say what, you know, who can who can and can do what. Um, I think it's because it's, it's just so big. I think WoW is jealous. Well, or you know, Blizzard, I should say, is jealous. And the thing is, is Blizzard doesn't want to step in and create a vanilla WoW server. I mean, there's a demand for it, but obviously, I don't think they're willing to meet that need because they don't feel it's a need that's big enough that's good enough for their bottom line. Which, I mean, obviously, it just comes down to it just comes down to money and not necessarily about the wants of the players, which I think is disappointing because I don't think it would be a tall order to have a single server that was able to accommodate you know, at least twenty to 30,000 recurring players that do still want to play vanilla and be able to charge them a certain amount of money in order to play this because I think that people would pay for this if it was vanilla. You know, maybe even if they eventually, you know, um, you know, made a, a, a BC server. So, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I, I, I miss, uh, you know, the original vanilla. I miss BC. So, you know, we'll just... Um, I mean, hopefully it's, I mean, like I said, the day before last is when they, you know, uh, told Nostalgia they had to turn off their servers. I mean, maybe at some point they'll reverse their decision and allow them to coexist. You know, whether that results in some sort of agreement or they do have to start charging or whatever. And I'm not saying Nostalgia never took money. I mean, obviously they took donations because, you know, they did have a dev team that, like, you know, kept up with the game and, um, you know, obviously they have to pay for the servers to keep running. So... I mean, there were people who were willing to give them money in order to keep everything afloat. I mean, I thought I thought it was uh, fantastic. The thing is, is I played Nostalrius. I had the free account there, and I, I played, and I just had a good time doing it. I didn't try to power level all the way to 60 because I really enjoyed, like, the leveling process in vanilla. And obviously, I didn't, I didn't cancel my, you know, subscriptions to WoW. I still have my two subscriptions. Amanda still has hers. They didn't lose any subs out of it. And, you know, there's people that probably do still play the private server that didn't go and cancel their subscriptions, so they weren't losing any money. And arguably speaking, those same people that maybe just play Nostalrius, I don't think that with the server shutting down that they're going to be like, oh, well, crap, I better go start playing WoW because I want to play WoW. That's not what's going to happen. They're going to go find another private server that just has WoW. And then we'll just wait to see how long it's going to take before Blizzard goes over to that next private server that gets an influx of players and becomes the next biggest one and then we're finding out that there's being you know legal action being taken against that one as well um you know i think ultimately it's kind of a shitty decision you know obviously blizzard's going to do what they want to do because it's their product but you know i think that uh in the end um it's probably a step backwards and kind of a slap to the fans um like i said i don't think it's hurting their bottom line or their money or any of any of that uh i think there's something else I, there's some other reasoning. I just don't know what that is. And so, um, 
you know, I'll probably create another character on one of these other alternates, you know, that's not Nostalrius and see what happens. You know, there were people um, from Nostalrius that, uh, Nostalrius that said um, that they'll still be publicly providing everything that's needed in order to set up your own Nostalrius if you're willing to. Um, it also says, today is the day World Nostalrius will be, um, will be, uh, will start being community driven in the truest sense of the word. And as we will be releasing the source code and anonymized, anonymized player data, encrypted personal account data, so that the community as a whole will decide the form or future of Nostalrius. Um, we will still be there in the background if you want us, but we will no longer take the lead. And so, um, you know, they'll probably be you know, they'll probably be releasing that source code so that people can have their own individual private servers. But at the same time, that's kind of shitty because. Who wants to be in a fucking server like playing by themselves <laughs> i mean i guess that would yeah. be cool for like two seconds you know i don't know um you know maybe you can have a small community of like 20 players you know that can they can you know play the game i mean you might still have fun but you better it lacks, like those 20 people yeah you better you know you better uh you know lacks any of the interaction or otherworldly stuff so you know there is that um i, mean, I guess if you're really hard up you can do it um, you know, the, the people from Nostalrius did start a petition trying to get Blizzard to change their mind. Obviously, with the server already being shut since April 10th, uh, you know, it's not too late. You know, I think they still can, you know, I mean, obviously, it's just a power button. Boop. You know, maybe something can happen. Uh, you know, only time will tell. As of now, when I uh, prepared this, which was um, several days ago, probably almost a week now, uh... It, the petition already got like 20,000 signatures and this is on change.org so it's probably even larger now um again we'll just see what blizzard says so um with that said um you know thanks for listening you know um if uh, you want to um see some more current up-to-date stuff you know we're always like retweeting or sharing other current events as they come along on our twitter and that's at uh con at that con podcast um on twitter um you can check us out on facebook um at conversationalist we're on soundcloud at that conversationalist um we're also on itunes under conversationalist and if you want to email us with comments concerns questions you can email us at uh that conversationalist at gmail.com so uh, hope you enjoyed the show. That's uh, episode eight, and I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda, and we are saying, see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.